the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Man, is it nice. It's so nice today. I went out and uh, had a car wash before I came into work. What? Yeah, that's very nice. Don't you like it, you know, when you go into the car wash and clean that baby up and you feel good about yourself? Well, you know how I am with the I, I will say... The chances of me going to a car wash are much greater than me washing my car, which, you know, I've never done. Yeah, that's okay. I'm, I mean, I might go to a car wash once a year. Like on a day like today, and you think, oh, because, you know, you look ahead and you think. I never so, thought about really? it. Really? All right. How about you? Because, you know, you you want to look your best. How about, like, if you like. Me personally? Yeah. It's not going to help at the parking garage, or at the uh, car wash. The car wash. Because don't, don't you feel good when you're in a clean car? I would feel better if the inside would like if I off I often get in my car and think I would like to have this detailed inside, but my car has like almost a hundred thousand miles on it. It's not great inside, but I wish it was super clean. I wish it was like armor all right and all that. But if it's Saturday, I have other things to do on Saturday. Right. I'm not going to be doing that to my Dinner, car. Armor, okay. But I'd much rather prefer. Is that me? I'm selfish. That no, I just care no, about no, the inside no. more different than the outside. People like different things, right? That's yeah. all. You know. But I, like you, don't you? Aren't you worried? Like you know, you would brush against the side of the car, and, and all the filth and dirt would get off in your dress. Or no, something like? you don't care about that. Okay. I mean, I do care, but I, I don't usually brush against the side of my right. car. It is a dark car, so that is um, yes, covers it's a multitude a non- of sins. I, I drive a nondescript vehicle. Right. There's nothing remarkable about it. There's nothing great about the whole thing. Well, I do know a few things about it. It's remarkable that it burns the amount of oil that it does. It is. It does, and yeah. every time I go to have that checked mm-hmm. by the dealer, mm-hmm. it doesn't meet the criteria. Miraculously, it doesn't meet the criteria. Uh, right. Of course not. It's a shocking <laughs> bit of science right. that it burns oil every time other than when I take right. it to the dealer. And now you should know because, you know, years ago you were, you know, throwing some shade on uh, Chevrolet. I was. I was General saying I'd Motors. never buy a GM car because they took bailout money and that hacked me off. And then you acquiesced. And then, right, I did. And now it burns oil, which is probably my, my payback. payback for all of that. But the good news is when you bought it, it had a Bible in the glove box. It did. So it made everything better. I didn't say that. <laughs> it's very complex. But it did have a Bible in the right. glove box, which I thought was an added plus. Right. That's not why I bought it. And now after this conversation, It wasn't like knows. it was God's will that I bought a GM. No, of course not. No, I'm not saying that. But now after this conversation, everyone knows that your car is filthy inside and out. It's not filthy inside. It's not filthy. Cl- it's not cluttered inside. Filthy. But it doesn't look nice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I haven't. I don't do the armor all thing, and I appreciate it. I really wish that I'd, I. I would like that. Mm. You have any interest in doing that for me? No, not in the least. No, all I got right. got my own work to do. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, enough of that. Without that was further ado, harsh. sorry, I'm not trying I to be harsh. You, I gave you an, an opening there. You could have said, "Yeah, Kathy, no, I'll do that no, for no, you. no. That's all right. That's your husband's job. Is it? I think so. I'll tell him. And I'm not going to throw shade could on you, him either. Could you tell him about no. that on Saturday? No, no, I have nothing. No, you're not going to do that. As I enjoy the spaghettios. Okay. All right. Without further ado, let's take a look, look at the uh, news here. Kath, please give us a top four at four. 
John, it's Thursday, November 3rd. I like it. It's beautiful. It, feels it is. Like it feels like May. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. 2022. Number one. Pakistan's cricket star turned prime minister Imran Khan was shot yesterday as an assailant opened fire on his vehicle in an apparent assassination attempt. Representatives for the ex-premier told CBS News he was hit in the foot and the lower leg and his injuries are not life-threatening. In August, Pakistani police filed terrorism charges against him. Mm-hmm. A divisive figure who was ousted from the country's top job in April with a no-confidence vote by opposition parties. The charges fueled political tension in that nation but did not deter him from his string of campaign events as he seeks a return to office. But, of course, his latest injuries have changed things up. Over the weekend, a female journalist by the name of Sadef Naeem was killed in an accident after slipping off a truck carrying Khan as she covered one of his campaign marches. So there's a lot of unexpected things, dangerous things happening in Pakistan in relation to that. That's from CBS News. Number two. For anyone, John, who thinks alcoholism isn't that big of a deal, a new government report shows that alcohol abuse caused nearly 13% of deaths in American adults under 65 between 2015 and 2019. No surprise. I think that's a huge figure. It's a gigantic number. I, it's, it's not just in this country. It's worldwide. The stats were even more grim among younger U.S. Sure, adults. In people ages 20 to 49, alcohol abuse was the cause of 20% of deaths. 20%. A leading cause of these deaths were alcoholic liver disease, using another substance in addition to having a high blood alcohol level, and car crashes. Mm-hmm. I mean... If there's something we need to take seriously, that's got to be it. It's according to U.S. News and World Report. Number three, former President Barack Obama will headline a rally for Democratic U.S. Senate candidate John Fetterman in Shenley Plaza in Oakland on Saturday, the first time the former president has visited Pittsburgh for a political rally in several years. Former President Donald Trump also will be in the Pittsburgh area on Saturday. I wonder if they'll fly in together. No. Meet for coffee? The odds are not good for that to happen, no. He's going to headline a rally rally at Unity's Arnold Palmer Regional Airport oh. with Mehmet Oz and Doug Mastriano. Mm-hmm. Don't for, coming in. Don't forget, in case you might, that election day is Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And number four, last night was quite a night of baseball. Uh, when I started watching Christian Javier pitch for the Houston Astros, I'm telling you, that guy was locked in. But he pitched seven no-hit innings. Um and he, and I'm sorry, six no-hit innings, struck out nine batters on the Phillies, and they had not lost a game at Citizens Bank Park all season. They had scored five runs the night before, and they didn't get one last night. Relievers Brian Abreu, Rafael Montrero, and Ryan Presley picked up where he left off. Phillies strikeout casualties at 14, the first combined no-hitter in World Series history, and that is your top four at four. Can I give you an update? Sure, yes. please. A listener called in and said <clears throat> GM paid back their loan. Okay. okay. It was Chrysler that he said did not. Yeah, John. So you're okay. You're Thank golden. You. <sighs> did that listener leave a name, Gary? Uh, no, he did not. I want, is it a male or female? It was a male. Male. Right. I, whoever the male caller is, I want to thank you for Very making nice. me feel okay. better about my purchase. For the update. And uh, so now, John, you can stop bringing it up. Okay. Right. I guess I can. One less thing to nag you about. That's all. That's all. That's okay. There's a long list. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's fine. I I got plenty ahead of us. Okay. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Uh, Pastor Bill Glaze is going to talk to us about mental health and the Bible. 
straight ahead. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on the ride home here, Word FM. 101.5 WORD. Have you ever felt like being offended is your right when someone hurts you? Well, Dave Wilson thinks we might need to reconsider that. To stay offended is a choice. You can choose to hold on to that. I can make you pay for that, or there's a better way. Overcoming bitterness and seeking forgiveness. Next time on Family Life Today with Dave and Ann Wilson. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. This is Maria Gallagher, Legislative Director of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. On Election Day, Pennsylvania voters will select our new U.S. Senator. John Fetterman, the Democrat candidate, supports the most radical abortion without restriction bill in our history. The Fetterman-endorsed bill will abolish our Pennsylvania parental consent law for minors seeking abortion. If Fetterman is elected, this radical bill could well become law next year. After careful evaluation of the Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz and his positions, the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation PAC strongly endorses Dr. Mehmet Oz for the U.S. Senate. Dr. Oz opposes any taxpayer funding of abortion. Dr. Oz will oppose any attempt to codify Roe v. Wade. Dr. Oz will fight to protect our crisis pregnancy centers. Whether or not you voted for Dr. Oz in the primary, the unborn needs you to vote for him now. Thank you, and God bless you today. Paid for by Patriotic Veterans, Inc., a 501c4 committee, not coordinated with any candidate or campaign committee. Over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. Remember those old-fashioned holidays when the pace was slower and the food all tasted like grandma had been cooking all day just for you? You know what? She probably did. You know what else? At the Spring House in 84, we still cook all day long just for you. So even though your life is filled with running, we can make sure that you still enjoy an old-fashioned holiday. Call the Spring House now to order fresh turkeys. Not frozen, mind you, fresh, the only kind Grandma used. The aroma of a turkey roasting in your oven will fill the house with promises of what's to come. Let us prepare side vegetable dishes like Aunt Emma's breaded broccoli, sweet potato pie, or even real mashed potatoes. And don't you forget to order the dinner rolls and, of course, our own homemade pumpkin pies or even apple crumb. They seem to be the favorites this year. Call 228-3339 now and let us help you enjoy a real old-fashioned holiday. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. From Bethany Baptist Church in the Homewood neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh, Pastor Bill Glaze is with us. Hey, Pastor, how you doing? I'm blessed. How are you? I'm blessed as well, yeah. Blessed. Now, All Bill, right. Kathy and I are having a conversation before you joined us. Do you wash your car? No, I take it to the car wash. There you go. But you do take it to the car wash? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes. And are you, is that something you regularly do, Bill? Yes. Well, you know what? I see, uh, I, I've been blessed. Uh, a member of my congregation uh, gave me a membership what? to the uh, auto bathhouse. Oh, what? So, so I usually take my car over there at least twice a week. Fabulous. Oh. You're my man. Oh, that's excellent, Bill. See, you're... That's really good. Don't you like it? Obviously, you like a clean car, don't you? Uh, well, you know, my car is black, so 
you know, any any dirt that gets on it shows up. So, yep. you know, yeah, I like to keep it clean mm-hmm. and, uh, so, so that the dirt doesn't show up on my car. I think there's nothing prettier than a black car that's super clean. Listen. I do. Right. I agree. Bill he's, Bill, he's using you to try to make me feel badly <laughs> about how. I'm telling you the truth, Bill. How, how, you know, infrequently I wash my she car. She never washes her car. Never goes to the car wash, Bill. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I guess to each his own, right? Different you strokes. Have a reason for not doing it. I'll tell you, Bill's a lot kinder to me about this, John. I'm not mean. I'm not being mean. No, I'm just saying. I'm starting anyway, to feel Bill. guilty. All right, Bill. Speaking, yes, speaking of feeling guilty, I mean, we are. Each one of us has so many problems. I mean, there's not a single one of us that is not on the mental health continuum. You know what I mean? There, there's. I'm <laughs> serious. Me, yeah. I really think there's mental illness in every one of yeah, us, it without just, a doubt. It just depends on level of severity. I agree, um, Bill. Exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure that you see a ton of that, and you have over the years in your work as a pastor. But where talk about where we see that in the Bible? How does that? How does that show itself? Well, you know. It, manifested in many ways in the Bible, you know, and, and we kind of hit on it a little bit uh, the last time I was on, just biblical characters. You know, you think about Ruth and how she dealt with bitterness, and, you know, Elijah, how he dealt with depression, and Job, how he dealt with grief, and Jonah, how he dealt with anger. So, you know, we see mental health issues, you know, throughout the Bible, mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the the blessed thing is, is that we do have uh, a way to address it. Now, again, you know, all, all of us have people in our families that, uh, or let's put it this way, uh, some of us, I'll, I'll say my family, you know, have, you know, have people that are on medication. And when they stop taking their medication, uh, you know, you can tell. And it just, uh, you know, creates all kinds of issues. So, you know, we, we realize that, like you said, Kathy, there's different levels. You know, there's that person that requires medication and, uh, you know, we call those organic problems. And then there's inorganic problems, like like you said, that's in all of us, the, the, the depression. You know, I, I, I tell people sometimes, you know, at least two or three times a week, you know, I, I have a bout with depression. You know, mm-hmm. something will happen that will come on me and just, you know, just take the wind out of me. So, yep. uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's prevalent. And, and so, you know, all of us deal with it, you know, uh, to some degree at that level. Now, the Bible addresses, I believe that, you know, it, with the Bible, you know, we can use uh, scriptures to address it at that level. Now, again, if we're dealing with people that need medication, they have a chemical imbalance or something like that, you know, that's another thing. And that's, you know, that's getting into a whole nother realm of counseling. But, you know, just some of these, these general depression and anger, you know, type things, you know, I believe that the Bible directly addresses them. And that if we will follow scripture, you know, we can have the victory uh, in those areas. Amen to that. Bill, I'm really glad you bring this up because when you read the stories of people, you know, acting, you know, for lack of a better word, a little crazy in the Bible, it makes me feel better about myself. But we don't think, I don't look at those stories and think, oh, they're acting crazy. Oh, you don't? Not as Maybe it's because I've read the stories too much. I, I don't know. Bill, but you see it in there, right? Yeah, it, it definitely is, is in there. And, I'm not know, saying – let me let me break in, Bill. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm saying that there's something yeah. about the fact that how I read it makes me think that that's normal, and then I see things in my own life or our world, and I think that, that we're crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think that, uh, as you uh, accurately pointed out earlier, Kathy, that there are different levels. And, you know, you look at, you know, Job, you know, he – you know, some you know some of us deal with grief. And, and you know, I would ask that you pray for me 
because uh, you, you may have heard about the, the children that, that died in the fire oh, sure uh, last Josh. week. Yep. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm doing their service tomorrow. Oh, so, Bill. Uh, God bless you. Yeah. So, 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 you know, I, I, you know, just, you know, people that are, are dealing with that, you know, they're dealing with a whole another level of grief, you know, mm-hmm. opposed to that person that might have lost their job or a person that, you know, may be uh, getting a divorce. I mean, you know, those are losses that we grieve. But then there's those, those deeper losses, you know, again, you know, when you think about losing, you know, a, a six and seven year old and, you know, child uh, that that's, you know, that's that's devastating. And, and so that takes you to a whole nother level of grief. Sure does. But, yeah, you know, yeah, as, as you read those stories in the Bible, yeah, people, uh, I, I would say, like you said, Kathy, you know, we we deal with them. You know, uh, we identify with them yes. uh, because because we deal with the same things that they deal with. But right. you know, like I said, some some deal with it on a deeper level than than others. See, Bill, I, th- this is really interesting to me because I got sober the first time when I found Jesus. The two things sort of came, you know, very close to each other in a timeline. And I remember, you know, I I didn't grow up reading the Bible, but when I read about Noah. And Noah comes out of the ark, and he gets loaded. You know, he's like he he gets drunk. I mean, he gets super. And I go, that guy's my guy. I mean, I I, you, I understood it immediately, and it made me feel better about myself and about Noah. Right, right. And, and you know, we we think of uh, coping mechanisms. You know, you figure that this guy had been you know locked up on a boat for for oh over a year gosh. and and then you know to come out off of that and just you know feel the relief of not being on the boat and and maybe even dealing with some of the after effects of it yep. uh you know you can you can see oh. how you know a person can get into a situation Heck like yeah. that all that uh, tension on, and and to, and to blow off some steam right right well you know yeah you think about just being cool. I, I don't I don't know if you've had the opportunity to go to Kentucky to to that to that arc experience no. Uh, but you know, uh, yeah, I went. Uh, it's excellent, man. I, I would recommend anybody to get a chance to go down there because cool. you know it it, it it simulates the the ark that Noah built. You know the the exact measurements, and you know just to think that you know he was on there, you know, with those animals too. Yeah. You know, and just the the, the stress of, of having to you know feed them, and you know it, you, you get on there, and and one of the things that that I saw that just absolutely blew my mind that they had to have some type of system where they where they have pure water and, and some type of sewage system that, that they and you know I've never even thought about that before. So, you know, you're just thinking that, you know, he has to deal with all that. So, you know, there's definitely a level of stress there. Amen to that. Pastor Bill Glaze is with us, Bethany Baptist Church in the Homewood neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. John, you mentioned how reading that story about Noah made you feel like that's like I get where he's coming from. Yeah. I feel that way about Joseph's story. In Genesis, I mean, look at all of the times Joseph just like has to leave and cry. <laughs> I mean, is he the sweet? I love that story. That's my favorite Old Testament story. Mm-hmm. That could be my favorite biblical story. I cannot get enough of that story. He's so yeah. he's so emotional. Mm-hmm. And you think, why would you not be emotional? Your siblings tried to kill you and leave you in a hole in the ground. Yeah. And you, you, I mean, right. everything's wrong about it. Plus, he was such, like, he was such an annoying child, right? So he's hating himself as he looks back on it. He's, but he's super gifted. I mean, it's just the ultimate story. Anyway, so I don't know if I would look at that as mental illness, or maybe I look at that as just deep psychological stress. I don't know, but that's a story that I definitely get. Yeah, well, yeah, I would say, you know, definitely he was dealing with some uh, psychological stress. And, you know, the beautiful thing about it 
is that he seemed to be ha- able to a certain degree to be able to handle that. You know, we don't we don't necessarily see where he went, you know, into a deep state of uh, emotional uh, or mental illness. You know, it, it seemed like, you know, it affected him and that, you know, he was dealing with some, you know, some issues as a result of it. But, you know, it's, you know it, he kept God at the center of his life. And I believe that because he kept God at the center of his life, that, you know, he was able to handle it, you know, to a moderate degree. I'm into that. Hey, Bill, um, I, I don't want to get too personal here, but I, I'm glad you brought this up because I've been thinking about this, about those two little kids who were killed last week in Wilkinsburg. Now, I, I believe from, from what I read that those kids were six and seven years old. So yeah. you, you've got a connection here with this family. Can you talk about that, of what it is for you as a pastor and how you intersect? Now, you know, I don't know what it's like to be a pastor, but I can imagine you know, the grief that you have to uh, absorb as you engage the community, the the parents, the extended family, and there you are offering the peace of Christ to people whose lives have been forever changed. Could you give us some well, insight there? Well, you know, I, I, and I do funerals, you know, all the time, and mostly the older people. Sure. And, you know, they're, you know, people kind of, you know, have braced themselves and prepared themselves for when that individual you know, passes away, and there's still that that loss and that grief that takes place. But you know, there's nothing that takes the place of you know two young children that actually have had you have their whole life ahead of them, yep. and now you know it's, it's, they're not here anymore. So you know, it, it's just a different uh, way to to approach things. And you know, a lot of times, you know, when I do a sermon for an older person. You know, you can kind of celebrate they lived their life and now they're in heaven. Mm. But now, you know, like you know, it's it's a matter of you know trying to bring peace and comfort and strength uh, to the family. And and you know, and, and usually when you do these type of things, you know, people are they're usually in and out. You know, during the service, sure. you know, because you know they they're connecting, but then you know they're going back into their grief and thinking about you know these children are not here with me anymore. So it it, it makes it you know kind of hard. And then you know, it's usually more emotional, and, and I have to kind of, you know, just uh, give moments for people to express those emotions. And, you know, I, you know, some pastors say, you know, well, you know, you shouldn't cry or, you know, you shouldn't express emotions. But I tell people that God, you know, God says that weeping may endure for a night. Mm-hmm. So I believe that he has given us tears as a way of releasing the pain that's in our souls. Oh, you know, I mean, when you, when you lose a loved one, your, your soul is in pain. And sometimes the only way to get that out is, is through tears and through crying. You know, as a matter of fact, you, you, you might need to be a little bit concerned if people are not expressing emotion, you know, as they as they deal with these situations. Bill, I, you know, I think back to when uh, my my dad died after a long, terrible illness and my mom died like that. And both of those times I look back on the you know, the funeral and all those things. I can't tell you how important the pa- her pastor, my mom's pastor was in helping me through all that. Um, and so I, I guess I just want to tell you how important you are uh, to the people in your church and to this family who's grieving. And that's not to put extra pressure on you. That's just to say how much we appreciate you mm-hmm. and appreciate the people who, you know, fill that role. Right. Well, you know, and I, you know, I find sometimes too, uh, that there's no words that you can say to take away a person's grief. And sometimes the only thing that you can do is, is just have your presence and in prayer you know, or, or scripture. 
because sometimes people, you know, they have to go through. But like you said, Kathy, I think that those, they remember those. They remember those times, yeah. you know, that, well, you know, uh, you know, my pastor, you know, he was there. You know, he prayed with me. He read a scripture for me. Uh, and so that that helps in that in that process. Yeah, I should have said his name. I should have said Kevin Gorley's name, mm-hmm. who was my mom's pastor at uh, Memorial Park and just did just did such a beautiful job and was such a comfort and a guide to me. Mm-hmm. And so, Bill, knowing you as well as we do, we know that you're absolutely going to be the same way for this family. Yeah, and as you approach that tomorrow, Bill, I mean, certainly those family, those all, all that grief in that community uh, in our prayers and you mm-hmm. as the shepherd to guide people through this period, uh, you, you'll be in our prayers tomorrow. You certainly will be. Well, I, I certainly appreciate that because I definitely need it. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. Well, always a pleasure, Bill. Yeah, we love you, Bill. We do. All right. Likewise. Thanks for stopping by. That's Bill Glaze, right. Bethany Baptist Church. They're going to be opening their brand new worship center soon. We're excited about that. Yep. But all the information you can find out about Bethany online. Prayers for Bill Glaze and all those families impacted by the deaths of those two little babies. Take a quick break. Come back. Brushing your teeth is next. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. If you owe the IRS 10000 or more in taxes, please listen to this important message. The IRS is aggressively hiring and quickly ramping up their tax collection team. Act now and protect yourself with a call to Tax Alliance. Don't let the money you owe the IRS keep you up at night and ruin your life. You may be surprised at how much having Tax Alliance on your side can protect you from the IRS collections and help you save thousands on what you Here's what a customer had to say. Tax Alliance did an amazing job helping me through a quite difficult situation, saving me tens and thousands of dollars that I would have been paying for many years to come. Tax Alliance is rated A-plus with a Better Business Bureau with no consumer complaints. If you owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes, have unfiled returns, or have a payment plan and are still frustrated, call Tax Alliance now for a free consultation. 800-987-1054. 800-987-1054. That's 800-987-1054. Tax Alliance, your tax resolution solution. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 27, 3.33 a.m. 3.33, all those threes mean something, or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's Backyard for 27 days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Marketing your business is hard. It's so competitive, and getting new customers is as hard as keeping your existing ones. We know it because we're a local business, too. So when it comes to marketing your business and getting new customers, we know how to do it. Our digital marketing firm, Salem Surround, is built to create customized solutions to your business, not your competitors, just you. Reach out to us at SalemSurround.com and we'll work with you to create those solutions that will increase your business and bring you new customers. SalemSurround.com Celebrate comeback season with Mucinex Fast Max Cold and Flu All-in-One. Its maximum strength formula tackles up to nine cold and flu symptoms. Try Mucinex All-in-One and get $5 cash back to celebrate your comeback. Visit FastMaxCashBack.com to learn more. Use as directed. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. I can't believe you found them. He seems sorry. We very clearly told him not to look up there. I'm honestly impressed that he was able to do it. Right? 
<laughs> what did he balance on that big chair? Or... Yeah, I mean, I guess he'll just know what his gifts are this year. I really thought we had hidden them well. If they can find their presence, they can find a gun. 911, what is your emergency? Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and End Family Fire. Mainly clear skies for tonight with patchy late night fog, the low 50, patchy morning fog tomorrow, otherwise partly sunny, warm, a nice afternoon for outdoor activities, the high 72. Partly cloudy and mild tomorrow night with a low of 56. Saturday will be warm with temperatures approaching near record highs. We'll see times of clouds and sun, a breezy afternoon with a high of 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. I like to... Look at those sort of um, dear Abby-ish, you know, things. They're not. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Ann Landers. You know, people always write in. Now, I, I'm always kind of leery about. Is it true that people are writing in for these queries? Oh, right. Is it like a setup kind of? Some sometimes of the, you think. Yeah, well, you don't. Their yeah, we don't know. Because I mean, they run from the fantastical to the mundane. Yeah. And I would say that this is more on the mundane side, but I do believe uh, I, I kind of needed to know the answer. Oh. Okay. Here's the question. Is it better to brush your teeth before breakfast or after? Okay. Do you have any uh, insight on that? Do you? Uh, I certainly do. Do you? I certainly do. But here's the thing: I never eat breakfast. Never. No. Nothing. Nothing. What do you have in the morning? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. I don't eat until the afternoon. Nothing to drink. I have water. Listen, I eat enough between seven p.m. and the time I go to bed. I can live. Don't worry. But not a cup of like I don't eat breakfast generally, generally. But I have a cup of coffee. No. Or a cup of tea. No. Nothing at all. Huh. That's interesting. All right. Well, then but, this doesn't. But here's the thing, I always, 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 always brush my teeth in the morning. Of course, you brush. It your helps te- me wake up. Mm, when you first wake up. Yep. Really? No, mm-hmm. I'm waiting a while. Are you? Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Because. Because why am I gonna? I'm gonna wake up, drink You're a cup coffee. of coffee. Yeah, if I was drinking coffee, yeah. for sure I wouldn't want to brush my teeth till after that. Okay, so what is what is this? Who's who's this dear who? Um, Hannah So. Okay. And uh, this is in uh, uh, the New York Times. Okay. So she says everybody knows that you should brush your teeth at least twice a day, once in the morning and once before bedtime. But when it comes to your morning routine, is it better to brush before or after breakfast? The truth is that few studies have looked into this question. The results have been mixed and limited, so there is not a definitive answer. The case for brushing before breakfast, for many people, breakfast includes sugary carbohydrates. Yeah. Um, Cereal. Yeah. Or orange juice or something. Right. Or coffee. You don't want to. So when you wake up in the morning, uh, bacterial levels in the mouth are at their peak. Are they? Mm-hmm. See? That's why we have bad breath when we wake up. Really? So a mouth that is rife with bacteria and a breakfast full of sugary carbs means that conditions are perfect for the bacteria to flourish and multiply. So that's like cavity central. Right. Or- Another reason to brush before breakfast is to jumpstart, this is, yeah, <laughs> you think about that, to jumpstart the production of saliva. What? Wait, uh, wait. When you brush, you know, because your mouth gets all wet when you're brushing your teeth. And so that's okay. Right. Saliva helps to strengthen your teeth by depositing minerals that bacteria may have eaten away overnight. Mm. Okay. That's why, that's why you should brush before breakfast. The case for brushing after breakfast, which makes common sense to me. Um, you want to get it all off. Yeah. You, you What's just, the point of brushing before if you're going to have other stuff? Eggs and, you're and bacon have... and home fries. 
which would be nice. Oh, that sounds <laughs> yeah. delicious, actually. Yeah, so they're saying, wait, if you eat, have breakfast, wait 30 minutes, and then, you know, all those bits of whatever that you've just eaten find their way around the mouth, and then you brush and flush it away. So, you know, they're, they're basically saying whatever works for you. So there's no clinical... No, nope, there's like, no clinical thing. ...advice nope. on that. Mm-mm. But what about people who don't brush their teeth in the morning? What? I mean, that's... Is that... that, that no, this, that they can't be they don't address that answer. Because that's not an acceptable answer right, right? no that's crazy uh, no you want to brush your teeth in the morning okay but you're here's funky. another okay let me ask you this though if you're brushing your teeth before you eat th- doesn't that change how you taste things i mean if you i would think so I, yeah. so i don't want that yeah right if i was going to eat something first thing i wouldn't i don't think i'd want to brush my teeth first. right no no because then you're minty for i don't know how long that whole brushing thing that's like a science well you it? got me into the quip oh yes I, and i left it i can't believe <laughs> i'm sorry I, I did the quip for a few years, and then and I, you were so excited about it that you pulled me into right. it. Right, I was a proponent of the quip, but then I went to Oral B. I can't. What? And then you didn't confess to me no. for how long? Because I felt bad about it. But I'm glad you're doing the quip, right? Just saying. I love the quip. Yeah, right. But I'm, yeah. A li- I'm a little upset that you left. That's okay. I'm still doing thirty-second intervals, right? Right, for in quadrants. Oh, yep. It's very nice. It is nice. It's high science. Why'd okay. you go Oral B? Equipping the batteries. We can talk about it later. 101.5 WORD. I'm Alan Jackson, and I have the privilege of joining you each day to open the Word of God and ask for His input. And I'm convinced the challenges we face in today's world are more spiritual than they are political or economic. Exploring God's Word together is refreshing. It equips us for everything that comes our way. Join me, and let's see what God has in store for us today. A fresh look at Scripture, weekday mornings at 930, Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD. Attention investors. This is an important announcement from MarketBeat.com. Are you tired of the ups and downs of the stock market? Are you sick of logging into your brokerage account only to find out that you lost thousands of dollars in a single day? At MarketBeat.com, we know that constantly moving in and out of stocks or buying hot stocks after they've already shot up in value is a recipe for disaster. It's time to stop playing the loser's game and invest in stocks that have stood the test of time. MarketBeat.com has prepared a free report titled Seven Stocks to Buy and Hold Forever. Text PROFIT to 68285. The companies in this report might appear to be nothing special at first glance, but financials don't lie. They print billions of dollars of profit each year and show no sign of slowing down. If you would like to receive our free report of seven stocks to buy and hold forever, text PROFIT to 68285 and we'll send you this free report right now. Text PROFIT to 68285. Message and data rates apply. Individual results may vary. Consult with your tax or investment professional. Text PROFIT to 68285. Trish heard one of our radio ads recently and gave us a yell. Ryan, she said, I keep hearing that mortgage interest rates are annoyingly up, but I'll keep it real. I'm struggling with bills. I haven't taken a vacation in years and my back patio looks like Godzilla visited. And then I keep hearing how much home values have gone up. Would it be wrong to pull that new cash out of my home to use for this stuff? It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And yes, rates are annoyingly up. And so for some, it could be wrong to do a cash out refinance. But for others, the recent home value rush is still a once in a lifetime opportunity. Trish eliminated her credit card debt, turned the backyard into an oasis, and kept some money back for a vacation and rainy days. And her plan is, when these annoying rates settle back down, she'll refinance then to lower the rate. If you're curious what a cash out refinance would look like for you, we are United Faith Mortgage. 
United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. NMLS number 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. You could sail the Mediterranean with Bible teacher Alistair Begg, August of 2023, stopping at several locations the Apostle Paul visited on his missionary journeys. Together we'll have the opportunity to visit ancient churches, museums, fortresses, and stroll some of the most beautiful avenues in the world. For details, log on to deeperfaithcruise.com or call 855-565-5519. Unless you live in the uh, world of medicine or research, Mm -hmm. science, any of those areas uh, demand that you submit papers and accept peer review. That's how the scientific disi- community the discipline moves forward. So, uh, how does this work? Um, I'm I'm thinking about a problem mm-hmm. or a theory, and I'm writing about a solution, perhaps, mm-hmm. or adding something to existing um, knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, I have to write a paper. And then it's published, and then my contemporaries chime in on it. Yeah, you're going to first write an abstract, which is just a short version of it. And then you're going to submit that to a publication and see if they like it, if see if they accept it or not. And so if they don't accept it, then you try again, or you realize maybe you're on the wrong track, or you ask somebody else to maybe give you a different, you know, look at the same issue or whatever, and mm-hmm. you're maybe submitted to a different place or, you know, whatever it is. But the submission... And the uh, acceptance process is very important um, because that means that people who are in some kind of supervisory position with some authority are saying that you're good to go. You're on the right track. And then once it's published, that is a big thing for your career. It's a big thing for the furtherance of science, whatever your discipline is. And then people weigh in. Right. Right. So people who are on the editorial board at the magazine or the journal or whatever it is, um, those anyway, that's how it all happens. So if you see something in the journal, of the American Medical Association, it's gone through a lot of peer review already sure. to get to that point where it's published. And well, then it's going to have some more peer review because a lot of other physicians are going to be reading that and, you know, can give feedback. So first volley out, though. Who determines who is my peers? Who are my peers? Right. I'm wondering. I mean, yeah, can like, anybody chime in, or you know, is it? No, it would be because you're submitting it to a certain organization, a certain journal. Okay. So those people, whoever in a decision-making role at that journal, are the ones who are going to decide, yay or nay, thumbs up or thumbs down. And I'm not sure. I'm not a clinician, nor my researcher, nor my scientist. Um, so I'm just speaking as someone who used to work in that field in an administrative capacity, but I don't know if there's a hap- there's a medium point where they say, you know what, no, but if you X Y Z, we'll take half of this. I don't know. Other- I don't know what that. I don't know if there is any kind of medium ground. Okay, I'm curious about this. So you're talking about you know what you're saying, educators, medical science. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that works for theology. So I would think that if you are an academician and working in theology, you're mm. a professor, whatever, they're the same kind of journals, professional journals right? that you would submit something to. And I have a feeling that they theology doesn't exist in the same way that science does. 
but it is a type of science. Sure it is. Same with philosophy, same with, you know, all of those basic disciplines. I'm sure that there are peer review journals in those disciplines as well, but prob- but I'm guessing, I'm guessing not nearly as many as you would find in the medical or scientific community. Can you imagine what that's like now? How dicey it is? And yes, how- of course. And I would imagine even, you know, whether it's scientific, you know, but I would, especially in theology, to publish, write, think about certain theological issues, especially in today's world, um, it's got to be all over the map. Right. Our friend, Dr. Cy Gart, um, we're efforting a connection with him. He's a biochemist. He joins us on a monthly basis. And um, this is something he's familiar with. Um, If you are listening to the program and you're a scientist or you are an academician in philosophy or theology or Mm -hmm. something like that, and you want to add your two cents, you can give us a call at 800-320-8255 and tell... What's the question? Tell us. Well, the question is, if you... If you are in a peer-reviewed discipline and you understand what this process is, we'd love to hear more about it. Here's the reason why I thought of it. We're so sensitive to being uh, criticized. Right. All of us. We're super – I was thinking about uh, the president yesterday. And the president made a speech, you know, about how important the democratic process is and how it's important to vote. And I'm totally, completely with him on all those sorts of things, right? But then he also, yeah, he also went on to say how terrible the attack was on on Paul Pelosi, Nancy's husband. Totally agree with that. I hope every person of good faith agrees with that. But why doesn't he mention when his own tribe falls apart? Because like, he's campaigning. Well, right. Okay, but see, he's the president. He should. I, no, I understand. No, no. Well, okay, so perhaps I'm Pollyanna-ish, but I feel like the president should be the leader of the country and not just the leader of his no, party. No, no, it's pure so, politics. So, okay, well, all I'm saying what is, as yesterday? a citizen, that's annoying to me because he should talk about the attack on Brett Kavanaugh because he's the president. Right. If there's somebody running for office and he doesn't want to talk about that, okay, that's his issue. But I expect more of the president than that. He should say we've got a problem no. with violence on both sides of the political spectrum all i'm saying is that's the kind of peer review Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that i wish people had so he's super sensitive to criticisms about his party but he's willing to level criticism against the other party i don't like that and that's not how any other academic discipline works and i know that politics is different i get it but i'm just saying i don't like it well I take umbrage at what happened yesterday only because, as you say, he shines the spotlight on something particular. And, of course, you it get it. It was terrible. Well-meaning people would go, that is not, that, that is not good. You mean, in the, American, Pol- you yeah. mean the Pelosi attack? Yeah. yeah. But to use that then as political talking know, points for really, his party, he steps out of the role as the president or the commander-in-chief representing all people and instead says – well, this is, you know, the Republican problem. This is the Democrats, you know, sort of waving their finger, pointing your finger at it. It became a it's almost as if, you know, he stood on the back of a train in the old days with, you know, the political bunting and made his point and then you know just kind of drove away on the train. It just that's where we are. I mean, I don't and I don't expect anything more, anything less than where we are. It's just the process. But peer review should be peer review is healthy. That's how science moves forward. And I feel like if we were all in that frame of mind where we were going to submit an idea and see what people said about it, and if they didn't like it or thought we were wrong or on the wrong track, then instead of vilifying 
that person, yeah. we would say, okay, I'm going to submit to you and you're the authority that you are, and I'm going to give a second look at my point of view, or the the thing I'm investigating, my point of view on it. Or back up your theory. Back yeah, it up. Prove it up. Prove it better. Right. Show me the truth. But, you know, now it is not. Everyone's kind of wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. You don't know what the truth is, to be honest, right? I mean, it's just, it's Do all vapor. Do you think that's why people... I never thought about this before. Do you think that's why people kind of idolize science right now? Because sure. they think that, there's that actual... science is a direct correlation to all things true and right. Because there's so little of it anywhere else? Yeah, because it's like shifting sand that goes between our fingers, right? I mean, he said this. Well, can you prove it? Well, yeah, I can prove it. And then when it comes time for the proof, mm. yeah, I'll get back to you. Okay, so you're saying, boy, this is an interesting thing, that we elevate science in our society as a as the authority of all things always because there's no sense of truth in all Social the other truth. places right that's what i think huh what do you think well i mean i never thought about it before but i think you make a very good point there i, I all i know is i find comfort when i look at that peer review process you know, when you see something come out, like but, we do in the news, they say, this was reported in the Journal of the American Medical Association. I think, well, thank goodness. Yeah, but it, I'm not saying that makes it gospel. That's but, that, but it has already gone through a, a process. And there's a lot of other things that come out. You think, boy, that could have that could have stood to. I mean, you know, yeah. Biden's thing could have gone through a couple peer review processes. Yeah. Nothing's infallible. Right. I mean, really. When you look at how man is, we can jerry rig things to suit our purposes. Yeah, but and our okay, attitudes. but don't yeah, but don't say that to the point where you hurt the peer review process because it's not no, it's no. not infallible, but it's also a lot better than nothing. I agree with that, right? But to try to put the peer review into politics, that's not going to work. It's just not going to work. Because no one wants to submit to it. No, no one, one would, no. And no one wants to hear that they're wrong, because and no one wants to hear that their party or their group or the, is, is wrong. We are wedded to the party, not necessarily the facts or the truth. That's what I think. All right, we'll take a quick break, come back. Uh, Cy. We'll hook up a sigh another yeah, time. Next Sorry, month. Sorry, we missed you. Yeah. All right, what's, uh, anyway, what's up for so, us here? Uh, we're, I don't know if we're celebrating the TSA or we're just acknowledging the fact that it's its anniversary. Yeah. But we'll talk about what that means coming up next. You've all helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today. And now Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. It's John Hall. Right now, MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bedsheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will now have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The Giza bedsheets are marked down as low as $29.99. And believe me when I say you'll get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set is made with USA cotton, comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Typically retails at $89.98, now just $39.98 with promo code WORD. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954, use the promo code WORD, or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. If you could ease the suffering of a persecuted Christian right now, would you? Hi, it's Kenny Woods with Word FM, and I know you would. Hebrews 13.3 urges us to remember those who are mistreated. 
noting that when the body of Christ anywhere suffers, we suffer together. These believers live where evangelism is criminalized, where churches are burned, and where Bibles are scarce. They need the hope found only in God's Word, and your gift today lets them know that they're not forgotten. For only $5, a believer like Anna in Africa will receive a Bible, be discipled in her new faith, and trained to share Christ. $35 sends seven Bibles. $100 sends 20 Bibles. And your gift will help us meet our goal of sending the hope of God's Word to 5,000 persecuted Christians. Become a Bible sender today by calling 800-YES-WORD. That's 800-YES-WORD. Or give at wordfm.com. As believers, we're to be grateful always in all circumstances. Sometimes, though, we focus too much on what we lack. Well, the book, The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks, is written to help us adjust our perspective. It's full of practical tips for establishing a routine of gratitude. You'll learn how to appreciate God's goodness, even through disappointment. Request your copy at truthforlife.org slash donate. I'm Scott from the History Unplugged podcast. History can be a bit of a tongue twister with its weird sounding names of people, places, and things, but it really isn't that confusing. History is the story of who we are and how we comport ourselves while soaring to victory in battles over forts, seaports, and cities that fortunately thwarted the schemes of villains and their blood sports, like the 1415 Battle of Agincourt. It's about legal battles in courts, about the contortion of torts over the retorts of consorts that turned into kangaroo courts. I exhort you to listen to History Unplugged on the podcast player of your choice, and you can listen to it while wearing shirts, shorts, skirts, skorts, or jean jorts. November the 19th of this year will be the 21st birthday birthday of the uh, TSA. 21st. We've been doing this for 21 years. Hard to believe. Going through security checkpoints at airports, taking off your belt, your your shoes. shoes. And then, you know, all the crazy things you've got to do. How about the little tiny little shampoos? Oh, my gosh, the tiny bottles. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you have your own collection at home? I do, yeah, unfortunately. Me too. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's been a while since I've flown. So, yeah, right. you know, I might get in there and go, oh, my two in one shampoo's no longer. <laughs> you no and longer your two in one shampoo. <laughs> right. Okay. So the TSA is saying just because things are the way they are doesn't mean they'll stay that way forever that they have made changes. Now, the big changes that have come afoot in these 21-plus years is the technology of the scanners that look at what's inside your bag, Mm. right? So um, initially, these new machines are like CAT CAT scan machines that you would see in a hospital, that they're super sensitive to what goes through the line. Now, these are, of course, very expensive. So initially, uh, 300 were put in um, airports around the country. There are 1,200 in place now with more on the way at a tune of billions of dollars. You know, whenever, to me, when you go through this, and I get this, and the good news is, the really great news is, there's not been another September 11th. So clearly it's working. Yes. But boy, is it a pain in the butt, isn't it? You know what? I'm so used to it now that I don't even remember. Seriously, when I, I mean this. I don't remember what it was like to fly before TSA. Really? I don't. I mean, I remember what it was like to be able to go to the airport and walk in and see the planes take off and land. I remember that. Sure, we but did that I, as kids. And, you know, I'd go meet my dad at the gate, you know, when he would come back from a trip. Yep. But I don't personally, and I did, I flew, I don't remember what that was like to not go through TSA. Mm-hmm. Well, 
We'll never go back to that. No. Right? No. Now, if you are a member of the uh, the sort of the pre-check-in club, mm-hmm. are you part of that? No. Have you done that? Now, you can apply for that, pay them a yearly fee for that, and then you're approved, and so you sort of skip all that. Right, pre-approval. Right, right, which is great. It's well worth it, especially if you're running late. Do you do that? Um, some I, I have not paid that because I don't travel enough. But if you were like, you know, a regular road warrior, it'd be well worth the 40 bucks a year to go do that. Yeah. Sometimes when you book a flight, you get fortunate and you are already pre-approved. Mm-hmm. Has that happened to you? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, it's happened more often than not from us. So now apparently they're saying what's going to happen in the future is that you most likely what will happen is that you, your shoes will stay on. Probably your belt's going to still have to come off. Uh, and then the three-in-one thing will be abandoned and they'll allow you more moderate size. What's three-in-one? Uh, you know, the... The ounces. Oh, right. The little, right. right. The small bottles. That those will go away. So if you want to lug a gigantic bottle of shampoo through TSA checkpoints, that's apparently coming down the line. The technology is what's changed. People's patience, that's a whole other story. Do you sometimes get confused as to what you're going to put in the carry-on and what you're going to put? Like what's Always. allowed where? Always. But me, just generally now, when I go through, I just dump everything out, mm-hmm. right? Everything out of your pockets, your shoes, your belt. I go through there. I mean, you know, you're keeping your clothes on. but And then how about the little puffer thing? I haven't had the puffer thing. What, what is that to? It's some sort of a, like an air quality thing where they, it's, I think they check for explosives. The oh. puffer doesn't, like an to, oxygen on, on sensor. You. Yeah. You're walking through this little thing. It's kind of like you're in a game show almost. Oh. You know, that Yeah, it kind of looks at your body Put from you in, different. You hold yeah, your yeah, hands yeah. out and it goes puff, puff. I didn't, how about I didn't notice that there was an, it was an air puff thing. Yeah, that's what it's for. So it's a, an explosive catcher. Okay, good. Ways, right. See, if, if that's keeping us all safe, I, I couldn't care less. I could not care less either. I could not care less. You know, I got pulled aside by uh, TSA the last time I flew. I was flying out of Pittsburgh. You look shady. I was I was going to Japan, and they pulled me aside. It's the first time I'd been pulled aside and taken to a room. I've never been taken to a room. Yeah, and the reason, and the woman who was my TSA agent was in training, mm. and mm. her boss is the one who made me go to the room. And as we were walking to the room, I probably shouldn't have heard this, but he said the reason we're taking her is because her bag is way heavier than it should be to look at. Mm, okay. And they had scanned it already. Right, right. And so they unpacked everything. And it was, <laughs> sadly, it was just because I was carrying so many nuts. Oh, right. I got stopped something similar to that. Because of food? One time I was tra- I was traveling with 500 kazoos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Traveling with 500. Because who would do that? Exactly. And they right. were like, wait a second, what is this? You know, and, they, and I went down, when you go on these international trips, right. you meet all these kids. Right. And, and I so, was going I was going to the Far East and I didn't know what I was going to be able to eat. And so I was taking Oh, enough. you took a lot of nuts. To well, I'm a kazoo salesman. You want to buy one? <laughs> yeah. Mike Feinberg. Yeah. Down in the strip. And they, sent him, they sent him home because that was just too stupid. That was good. I mean, kazoos are always yeah. a hit right. with kids. Anyway. Can you still buy those at Feinberg's? Mike Feinberg's is gone. Oh, I mean, can you... Wait. Oh, you can still buy them. I mean, the problem is, I know too much about kazoos and I care to share. The little plastic ones are no good. If you were going to buy metal the, yeah, the metal kazoo, is the way to go. But they're expensive. It's like four bucks per kazoo. 
the little plastic ones, yeah. you know, in the old days were like 25 to 50 cents for a kazoo. Right, so you could take 50 of them on a trip. and 500 in a separate bag. Yeah, and hand them out to kids. And, and kids would have, have a blast. when you can't communicate, if you don't speak the same language the, as a group of kids. But the problem was, I, I played like Happy Birthday. It looked at me like I was crazy. We didn't have a, like a common, oh, a common song, song to share. That was always the problem. So I just kind of went, burr, 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 you know. And they thought it was funny. They funny, and then they funny. followed along. That's all. Anyway, TSA, thank you. And save your kazoos. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. At wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. ALG. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. For the first time, Republican candidate Mamet Oz leads Democrat John Fetterman in a key poll on their Pennsylvania Senate race. Dr. Oz now leads John Fetterman 48 to 46 percent among likely voters responding to a survey from Emerson College polling and The Hill. It's a five-point gain for Oz since early September and a major milestone as all previous polls from Emerson College and The Hill have shown a lead for Fetterman. It indicates momentum may be on Oz's side just days away from an election in which Pennsylvania could prove key to the GOP goal of reclaiming the Senate majority. Bob Agner reporting. Applications for jobless benefits fell slightly last week with the U.S. job market remaining resilient in the face of rising interest rates. Unemployment claims for the week ending October 29th fell by 1,000 to 217,000, according to the Labor Department. This is SRN News. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65 Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. There are many issues in this election. But John Fetterman only wants to talk about one, his support for killing unborn babies by abortion. Sadly, John Fetterman wants to deny the most basic right to life to unborn babies. John Fetterman even supports a federal law that allows unlimited abortion essentially until birth, and he wants to pay for it with your tax dollars. John Fetterman should never be in the U.S. Senate. Mehmet Oz respects life. He supports measures to protect unborn babies and their mothers. Mehmet Oz supports protecting unborn children from painful late abortions, and Mehmet Oz opposes using your tax dollars to pay for abortion. Mehmet Oz will fight to protect life. Unborn babies can't vote, but you can. Please vote for life. Vote for Mehmet Oz for U.S. Senate. Paid for by the National Right to Life Victory Fund at nrlvictoryfund.org. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. NRL Victory Fund is responsible for the content of this advertising. TV news. It's a love-hate relationship. Well, let's be honest. More hate. We agree. That's why we're different. Salem News Channel has assembled the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. 
all the Charlie Kirk, Hugh Hewitt, Eric Metaxas, and more. There's finally a place on TV for lovers of freedom like you. Watch anytime, on any screen, free, 24-7. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. Mainly clear skies for tonight with patchy late night fog, the low 50, patchy morning fog tomorrow, otherwise partly sunny, warm, a nice afternoon for outdoor activities, the high 72. Partly cloudy and mild tomorrow night with a low of 56. Saturday will be warm with temperatures approaching near record highs. We'll see times of clouds and sun, a breezy afternoon with a high of 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hunched backs, clawed hands, and second eyelids could be common features of human anatomy in the future, a recent computer model reveals. The hopefully tongue-in-cheek Wait, claw- report... what you say? Clawed hands? Humpbacked. Yeah. Clawed hands yeah. and second eyelids. Mm-hmm. The uh, hopefully tongue-in-cheek that. report warns that overusing technology could somehow steer human evolution in a direction that leaves people looking deformed compared to what we consider normal today. Of course, there's no question that technology plays a consistent role in people's lives. But uh, researchers have worked with a 3D designer to create images of a future human that accounts for all the problems long-term tech use may cause. Um None of that is surprising to me. Do you? I mean, I have to be really conscious of my posture. I have. I think about it all the me time. Me too. I think about it all the time, and it's. I actually do specific exercises to combat it because my posture is so bad. I don't notice that. Well, it is really. Trust me. I mean, I see my kids hunched over their screens, which is what we're talking about. And I right? think, oh my goodness, here, let me show you. Look, here's a here's a computer model. This is a, a something from Study Finds, and they're showing this computer model. This poor woman, I mean, that looks like subhuman in a way. Okay, well, let me tell you right now, this is not an attractive human Mm-mm, that I'm looking no, at. No, it's not. So she has shum, uh, stumped shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has kind of like a. Uh, if you can imagine an offensive lineman right before the snap, right, you know, kind of like hunched, hunched over, uh, her right hand is in kind of a clawish fist, and she looks very thin and decrepit, mm-hmm. and with zero muscle tone. Well, it's because we're not doing anything all day long, but sitting in front of our screens. How many hours? I mean, seriously, easily, <laughs> easily. I What's mean, the second eyelid for? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, here's the other thing. I noticed is that her head is weirdly shaped. Her skull is weirdly shaped. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I see here that is, wait, that's a thicker skull and a smaller brain. (laughs) 
I saw a computer modeling good. of um, future AI melding of human beings and machine. What? And that was extremely disturbing. Yeah, I think about that several times. I wish I would have saved that thing. I mean, they should have showed man progressing and then AI, you know, machinery taking over the human body. That Seriously, was really... how far ahead of its time was Terminator? Oh, wait, yeah, right. But you know, When you... did the first Terminator come out? Like 80... Mm, probably 84, maybe? 83, Something even, like something? that? Yeah, T2. And those are a lot of the same issues that we're talking about now, yeah. 40 years later. But, I mean, I'm sure, you know, if you had, if you talk to like a... A pediatric doctor, you know, someone involved in physical therapy and whatnot. They they probably would verify a lot of mm-hmm. this when you look at little kids and their lack of exercise and sitting around playing video games for hour after hour. Did you guys ever see the movie Wall E? Oh yeah, sure. That's exactly it. The people mm. that are so big, right? They're like stuck in motorized Everybody's, chairs. Yeah, in well, yeah, they're floating around on these hover chairs mm-hmm. and they're looking at screens in front of them. They yep. don't even notice the other people around right. them. And they're all overweight. Yep. And they can't walk. I never saw that movie. Oh, that's a good movie. I think that's where we're going. Yeah. Is that how you're describing the three of us? <laughs> Maybe next year. Okay. Bark a lot next year. All right. Do, do you have yourself a an easy boy? Lazy a la- boy? An easy boy. boy. <laughs> a lazy boy. No, I don't. Neither do I. No. Gary, no. do you have one? No. Okay. Because no. to me, once I do the lazy boy, I've given up. <laughs> I'll sit there in my sweatpants in the lazy boy and you go, I'm done. And that, that's not really a good thing for me. Right. And I'm not trying to, you know, deride the no, lazy boy. It's a but, different for everybody. Yeah. I just think I'm cashing it in. Right. Gary, why haven't you purchased a lazy boy? Is that an aesthetic thing? I think, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I put my feet on the coffee table. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. What's uh, I don't lean back in a lazy boy. Kelsey Grammer's dad. Oh, my gosh. Was that the best? With the plaid. <laughs> I love that. What was his name? The actor? John Mulhaney. John Mulhaney. What a fabulous what a, actor. What an actor. <laughs> what a, that was like, Underused in that role, but he was still fun. was a great show? Oh, it's a great show, yeah. I really enjoy that Miles. show. Miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have an ottoman. Oh, I have an ottoman. I love an ottoman. I love an ottoman. Yeah, yeah. An, I used I, to have one. Yeah. An what, ottoman is good. Put your feet it, up. Gary? I don't really have room for it. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. No, we have an ottoman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I liked something cushy to put my feet yeah, up. I had an ottoman once that was like one of those big ottomans that kind of f- the lid flipped up. Oh, and it, it was a storage, storage ottoman. Yeah. Then some kid came to my house and broke it. <laughs> that stinks. <laughs> you kid, get off there. Yeah, you know, it's one of your son's friends. Oh, what can you say? That was that. That's it. All right. All right. So it, the future does not look bright unless you, you know, do something. So I see you out there during the break, you know, exercising and stretching and balancing. Yeah, I'm trying. That's very good. Thanks, John. Pleasure. Is that to make me feel better for no. what you said about my car washing no. at the beginning of the shift? You're just car. making us look bad. Sorry. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll take a quick break. Caring for the violent stranger. I love annuities, and you should too. Your financial advisor doesn't want you to know that with our annuity strategy, when the stock market goes up, you earn a market-linked return that locks in every year, and when the stock market goes down, your annuity won't lose a dime. There are no unnecessary fees, and it works for your investments, money at a brokerage firm, or even money at a bank. It's simple, it's safe, and you should only invest if you learn the facts. And that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text FREE to 833-898-0500, and we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. If you want to use safe, low-fee annuities to build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and never lose money, 
Get our retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. My heart was racing just making spaghetti. I could have waited to tell my doctor, but I didn't wait. I was short of breath just reading a book. I could have delayed telling my doctor, but I didn't wait. They told their doctors and found out they have atrial fibrillation, a condition which makes it about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you have one or more of these symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, this is no time to wait. Contact your doctor. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. As believers, we're to be grateful always in all circumstances. Sometimes, though, we focus too much on what we lack. Well, the book, The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks, is written to help us adjust our perspective. It's full of practical tips for establishing a routine of gratitude. You'll learn how to appreciate God's goodness, even through disappointment. Request your copy at truthforlife.org slash donate. I was reading uh, the news, of course, a little earlier this week, and uh, you probably saw this as well, but there was a story of the, uh, the Parkland gunman. Uh, Parkland um, is in Florida, and uh, uh, I don't know if, I don't think this is just me, but there has been so many school shootings that kind of, they all kind of run together. So then uh, years go by, it is a horrible thing. So then years go by. And of course, then there's a trial and then there's a sentencing and you kind of go, okay, uh, what was that kid? And how many people, how many kids were killed? So the Parkland school shooting, 17 people died. Uh, The kid who did it, who's now 20 was sentenced to life in prison. And so then I read that, and today, in anticipation of our next guest, I thought, I want to go back and just do a quick little Google search. Literally, on one page of Google, I saw that, the Parkland shooter, and then there was another one that came up from last month in Spokane, Washington. It happened five years ago. Five kids were killed, and that shooter, who was 15 at the time, is now 20, sentenced to 40 years in prison. Uh, another one that happened um, five years ago in in Florida, uh, thank goodness, the kid walked in with a shotgun, fired a shotgun blast, injured a kid in the ankle, but then that kid gets 30 years in prison and 30 years probation. And, uh, and you think, I think, of course, you know, the murder of all these all these kids in school and all the havoc that it's, you know, produced on families for generations. But then you also think about the, the shooter themselves and you think, these kids, I mean, they're going to spend forever in jail or the next 30 or 40 years for something that they did when they were young and stupid. And it just breaks your heart. I mean, it just... I don't know what the answer is, but that's why our next guest is so welcome. Jen Pollock-Michelle is with us. Jen's the author of five books, including In Good Times, Eight Habits for Reimagining Productivity, Resisting Hurry, and Practicing Peace. She wrote a piece that's in this month's edition of Christianity Today about caring for the violent stranger. And Jen, welcome back to the show. 
Thank you so much, John and Kathy. It's great to be here. Jen, I don't remember who it was who called uh, our spate of school shootings a uniquely American plague. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think that that's well said, and I feel badly I can't give the uh, the thinker or writer credit for that. But um, you are new to being a mom of young kids in America, um, having been in Canada for over a decade. Uh, so talk about your feelings when you came back and what you saw at your kid's school. Yes. Well, actually, when we moved to Canada, I had my kids were 10 and younger, and now we've moved back, and I only have two kids in the house, and they're 14. And what I was describing in the opening of that article was the decision by the school where we enrolled um, our boys for them to have armed security. And so I had an interview with the head of school at our children's school just to sort of talk about that. And I I think coming from Canada where there isn't the fear um, that I feel exists in the United States for people's kids in school, to know that that doesn't exist, and then to sort of just see the reality of armed uh, retired police officers at my kid's school, it just was startling, I should say. Yeah. So your response is what, Jen? When you go in there and you see this and you go, okay, there's people walking the halls now with guns. Um, What were you trying to uncover here? What were you you trying to get, get to the bottom of? Well, I think the whole idea, I think the question for me is, you know, do guns in schools make us more, make our kids more or less safe? And it's really interesting, um, even prior to our kids enrolling at the school and discovering that there was going to be armed security there, um, we had moved back to Ohio, and there's a new state law in Ohio, and there are actually laws like this on the books of many states in the United States where teachers can carry guns. And so our kids' school actually made the decision to have the armed security officers in lieu of having teachers armed and, you know, giving them that responsibility. And so I just thought, oh, my gosh, you know, where have we come as a society? I actually was a high school teacher um, when we had the Columbine shooting. So that's how long ago, you know, I'm 48. I was a new teacher, and I can remember driving to graduate school and hearing on the radio the news of this horrific event and thinking, you know, this is a a once-in-a-lifetime thing. This will never happen again. And all of a sudden, we're seeing this just this pattern. And that's how I described in the article that 10 years away in Canada, 11 years, you know, Sandy Hook all the way to Uvalde. And these are four of the five worst mass shootings in the United States. And they happened in our time outside of the United States. So I think the question for me is... (laughs) Like for every parent and every school administrator, you know, and every politician um, and every concerned citizen, how are we keeping our kids safe in school? And and then for Christians, how do we imagine some creative solutions to this? Mm-hmm. Jen, uh, my dad, who uh, passed away a couple years ago, was always a gun owner all the years I was growing up, and he invested so much time in gun safety, in learning how mm-hmm. to handle the weapon, how to store the weapon. Every, I mean, he was so circumspect about it. Pretty, I have to be honest, I think everyone I know personally, this is a very, very small uh, group of people. Obviously, this is not like anything that would be significant in a data fashion, but people I know who are gun owners are all circumspect about their training and about their weapon. The thought of, hand, of allowing teachers, which is what Ohio has recently done, teachers are allowed to carry guns with a minimal 24 hours of training. I'm reading this, Jen, from your article. A minimal Mm -hmm. 24 hours 
Yeah. Of, it's like laughable. 24 hours of training by permission of their local school board, bypassing the more than 700 hours of peace mm-hmm. officer basic training that was formerly required. I mean, mm-hmm. that is crazy. And it's too much. It's, 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 I don't think that's like safe. It. I don't think that's safe. But also, I think that's putting way too much responsibility on teachers. And that's what uh, the head of school, Dr. Dean Nicholas, when I sat down in his office to talk with him, he said, you know, there's certainly that an issue of, you know, putting guns in the hands of very inexperienced teachers, you know, te- teachers who are inexperienced with guns, you know. But even if you were to, say, example, uh, for example, arm a teacher who maybe had military experience, his argument was, I just don't want our teachers to have to have that responsibility. I want them to be able to teach. I want them to be able to nurture and care for our children. And safety is a real issue. And I thought what was so striking to me is how he he articulated it as, if I don't do something, if the school board doesn't do something, it feels almost as if we're negligent. And so this is what we're choosing to do. And I, I, I certainly respect that. I, I do exactly feel as you do, though, Kathy, that I think arming teachers, it just can't be the answer and we have to really honestly get beyond guns or no guns even you know i think we really need to think about what's happening in american society to make this almost at epidemic level mm-hmm. and so jen what i like about the piece that you've written caring for the violent stranger is that you know you focus on the kids themselves, the bully, mm-hmm. the kids that are bullied. And, of course, if you look at the thread of all these kids who, who do this, it fits a very basic profile that these kids have been bullied. These kids are pretty much loners. And in, you know, their fear and desperation and then ultimately their rage, they strike out. So mm-hmm. in some ways, you've been prescriptive in how you look at the situation for those kids, those violent offenders. Yes, and that's one of the interesting things that as I was um, delving into the research for the article is you see that the perpetrators of school shootings, one of the things that they have in common is not just that they're bullied, you know, that some are, some aren't, but they usually do experience some trauma. You know, it could be uh, the divorce of their parents or, you know, the loss of a parent. I think the Parkland shooter, his mom had died months before um, those that, that tragic day when he took a gun into school. And so there are ways, I think, proactive ways that our school communities can kind of strengthen the, stre- the threads of the, the social fabric, you know, how do we become communities where we notice when kids are facing loss, grief, um, and obviously mental health is, is a huge part of that, too. What sort of supports do we have in place at school for those kinds of kids? And it was interesting while I was writing the article and had just spoken with the head of school, I had a I had a call from a counselor at the school because he mentioned that he had met with my son who was grieving the loss of his grandfather who had died in May. And I thought, mm. isn't that wonderful? That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Are we noticing when kids bring these kinds of griefs to school? What supports can we put in place? And it's not a Pollyanna solution. It's not to say that we're going to stop violence in school simply because we do this, but it's certainly a pro proactive 
positive thing that we want to be doing. And as Christians, we're good. We should be good at because we're the kinds of people who are comforted and we can offer that to others. Jen Pollock, Michelle is with us, author of five books, including In Good Time, Eight Habits for Reimagining Productivity, Resisting Hurry and Practicing Peace. Jen, you brought up something I thought was really uh, provocative and really made me think, how could I possibly do that? Um, But you said, I wonder, this is in your article, what might happen if we saw renewed participation in community care, like treatment centers Mm -hmm. or suicide hotlines, domestic violence supports, food pantries, grief counseling, marriage ministry, conflict resolution workshops, restorative justice initiatives. What if we looked at all those things as safety measures? Mm -hmm. So if we invested in that, it wouldn't, I hate to say that it wouldn't it sounds horrible to say that wouldn't just be out of the goodness of our hearts, but we would look at that as a remedial strategy or a preventive strategy even um, for the kinds of violence we're seeing. Is that too Pollyanna-ish to say, oh, if we were just nicer to people, they wouldn't do this? No. no. <laughs> um, possibly. I mean, I don't think it's an either or ultimately, but I think um, offering those kinds of things in the community is certainly just one step to helping people deal with the everyday griefs and traumas and loss that bring people to kind of to the brink of, um, you know, just making catastrophically de- devastating decisions. Um, and again, it's a way to kind of know each other, too. I think we all know post-pandemic there we are loneliness has skyrocketed you know we need like there there are real efforts that we have to now make to kind of reweave the social fabric to know our neighbors to get out there and volunteer and it's hard because we all feel tired and i think that's what i said in the article is that it's difficult to practice this kind of love and social attention when you don't necessarily feel that you have a wealth of resources. And I think that's the thing. Nobody does feel as if they have a lot to give. But if we all gave just regularly out of a small amount, you know, in in our communities, like that would create, I think, the kind of support that I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't think that's Pollyannish at all, Jen. I mean, uh, you know, Monday night, of course, was Halloween and we sat mm-hmm. outside in folding chairs and... <laughs> I, I, you love it so much because it was one family after another with kids of all ages and families, you know, coming up and down the street. Happy. Ha- people are so hungry to connect. Yes. There's a smile. There's a good word. And, you know, and it's it's one little night a year. And I, I wish that there was yes. some sort of glue that we were drawn together, walking the streets like that, looking people in the eye, seeing each other, humanity, how fragile we are. And at the same time, wanting mm. to love on each other other instead of being so divisive as a community. But I I don't know what the answer that would be to have that sort of outreach. But boy, you see it there clearly on Halloween night. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It makes me think of another book. Um, Shannon Martin just released a book called Start With Hello. Mm -hmm. And she's written a lot about just the regular work of neighboring, becoming a neighbor and starting with hello. And sometimes you start with hello, even though you've lived in your neighborhood for 15 years and you realize you still don't know the names of those people three doors down. Mm -hmm. And just taking the risk to say, 
gosh, I really, I, I want to do a better job of this. And I'm sorry that I still haven't real, um, learned your name and it's been 15 years. But come over and these things have to be small, too. I think we all get overwhelmed with the idea of um, solving, you know, solving these really big issues. And if if we could just sort of think smaller about what it means to just to be a neighbor, to be a citizen. Um, these are some questions that I'm asking as I've now moved into a new city and a new neighborhood and a new country. And so I don't know exactly what that looks like. Um, but I think those kinds of questions that we can ask, and we can actually ask as communities too, in our churches, asking those kinds of questions, fostering those kinds of conversations, and helping each other to think creatively about what it looks like. That's, That's Jen Pollock Michelle. Check out her latest book, In Good Time Eight Habits for Reimagining Productivity, Resisting Hurry, and Practicing Peace. Jen, good to talk to you again. Great to talk to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Our great pleasure. And Christianity Today, she wrote a piece, Caring for the Violent Stranger, What If We Applied Christian Imagination to Protecting Our Children and All of Us. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter code SLEEK at checkout. That's harrys.com, code SLEEK. Enjoy! Your love isn't confined to an advent calendar. It doesn't stop when the Christmas lights come down. When you donate to the Salvation Army's Red Kettle campaign, your love lasts all year long. It puts a present under someone's tree today and a roof over someone's head tomorrow. It brightens Christmas mornings and the hardest nights for hardworking families. Together, we love beyond Christmas. Support local families with a donation today at SalvationArmyWPA.org slash lovebeyond. This is Pastor Tom Hall. People are capable of such goodness. So why are we at war with each other? It turns out the Christian faith is completely realistic about human nature. Faith gives us the tools to examine ourselves and imagine a better future. Join us for worship at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown, Sundays at 1045, for our sermon series, What's Wrong With Us? Learn more at fpcp.org. The following is an editorial from Salem Media Group, the owner of this radio station. Hi, this is General Manager Brad Marshall. We're approaching an incredibly important midterm election on Tuesday, November 8th. If you reside in Pennsylvania's 17th Congressional District, will you join me in supporting Jeremy Schaefer for Congress? Jeremy recognizes that the country is headed in the wrong direction. The country and our Congress needs a course correction, and Jeremy Schaefer can be part of it. Make your plans today and join me in supporting Jeremy Schaefer for Congress. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy. 
but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Mainly clear skies for tonight with patchy late night fog below 50. Patchy morning fog tomorrow, otherwise partly sunny, warm, a nice afternoon for outdoor activities, a high 72. Partly cloudy and mild tomorrow night with a low of 56. Saturday will be warm with temperatures approaching near record highs. We'll see times of clouds and sun, a breezy afternoon with a high of 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Dressing up. Oh. It's kind of funny. We've always kind of been, you know, fearful of running into the same sort of thing. Mine is kind of similar. Oh. Dressing up? You know what? Um, we're going to go out tonight. Mm-hmm. And so we got a little dressed a up. A little dressed you up. You look great. Thank you. You look good Thank as well. Thank you. And nothing great. It's not like we're killing it and no. wearing evening gowns. No. But <laughs> dressing up makes perfect sense. I like to dress up. And to be honest, we don't do it nearly enough. A friend of mine, uh, Sophia, mm-hmm. and her husband Nick got married this summer. And the recep- the reception was black tie. Mm. That's super high end. Super high end. Now you think to yourself, at first, at least I did, oh, well, that's going to be a pain. We're going to have to figure out, you know, Eric's got to get, I mean, it's not a big deal for my husband to wear a tux because when you're a musician, you have a tux and you wear it wherever you're, you know, but for the rest of people, it's a big deal. Hey, I had to, wear? you know, my daughters and I, you have to get a long, a gown of some sort. Mm-hmm. Like anyway, your jewelry, your hair, your makeup. When we did it, it was so excellent. Uh, Cause everybody looked fabulous. Everybody looked fabulous. And that extra effort mm-hmm. that you put into it. It was really yes. good. Yeah. And there are so few times in today's America, at least in my sphere, that anybody ever dresses up for anything. Yeah. Like you said, it is a pain. It can be expensive. It can be expensive. And it definitely takes way more time. Yeah. And thought. But it looks great, doesn't it? And I think it makes you feel and act differently. Yeah, it does. Okay. So I see you and I, I will agree that dressing up makes sense. I've been thinking about this as well. I was in my sock drawer the other day, and I've got you know various things back in there in the, in the corner. Does this make sense? Cufflinks. Now I've got a pair of my father's cufflinks, mm-hmm. my grandfather's cufflinks. I love those, and I rarely—I mean, first of all, French cuffs. How many shirts do I have that are French cuffs? How many? Two. Okay. And you know what? I've had them probably for a decade. They're in excellent shape because I don't wear them. But when I put those cufflinks on, you step up a little bit. You feel better about yourself. And you get a little bling on your sure. wrists. Sure. Now, you're not wearing cufflinks. Not so you today. decided that the bling. I mean, you know, we're not worth the bling today. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, to do that, to wear those one of those shirts, what did I have to do? I had to iron that exactly. shirt. Exactly. Okay. So I have a shirt that requires cufflinks. Mm-hmm. And the only cufflinks I have were given to me by Sam Seipel. You remember our good oh, friend sure. Sam? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. He actually brought a pair of cufflinks in because I told him I bought this shirt and Without I didn't cufflinks. realize what it was. I never wear it because I have to iron it. Uh, I like to iron, but I didn't iron this morning. I do. I like to iron. I'm the iron in my iron. family. Cufflinks make sense, so does dressing up. 
101.5 WORD. Old Testament feasts like Passover, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles had special meaning for Jewish people in their immediate historical context, but they were also prophetic shadows of Jesus and meaningful for today's believers. Now, you can download the free booklet by Rabbi Schneider of Discovering the Jewish Jesus entitled God's Seven Holy Days, a comprehensive guide to understanding the fall holy days and how Jesus fulfills them. Download your free copy today at wordfm.com slash feast. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65 Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. Festivals. Football. Flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Marketing your business is hard. It's so competitive. And getting new customers is as hard as keeping your existing ones. We know it because we're a local business too. So when it comes to marketing your business and getting new customers, we know how to do it. Our digital marketing firm, Salem Surround, is built to create customized solutions to your business. Not your competitors, just you. Reach out to us at SalemSurround.com and we'll work with you to create those solutions that will increase your business and bring you new customers. SalemSurround.com Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. I've got a friend who loves the latest thing. Whenever what do you the, mean the latest thing? Like the latest... Oh, like the new iPhone? New iPhone. Years ago, whenever the Mini Cooper first hit the shores of America, he got himself a Mini, to- Mini Cooper. Then the Tesla came on board. Boom. I'm having a Tesla. I mean, you got to love a guy like that. Uh, it's so cool when people are like into the latest thing. Do you think so? I love... Okay, I... I'm kind of like that. If I had more cash, <laughs> I would be like your friend. That's what it would be. Right. And, yeah. But I try to keep myself away from it so that I don't go broke. Right. But I'd love to have the latest iPhone. If I had infinite amounts of cash, the instant a new iPhone came out, I would get it. Really? And I would do that with my computer and I'd do that with my iPad. I'd have like, right, every two the... years I would get 
a new iPhone. I would redo all my tech. Okay, that's interesting because I'm reading this piece in the Wall Street Journal, and they're saying the people who like the latest thing, other than you know saying, oh well, that's just you know um, hyper consumerism. Those kind of people tend to be heavy duty learners. Oh yeah, that they like the technology. Yep. To test this hypothesis, um, they ask participants to rate themselves on their fondness for gadgets, levels of engagement with daily tasks, propensity for personal growth. The results suggested that people who like the latest thing rated themselves more highly engaged than those who experienced the most personal growth. Similarly, gadget lovers with the lowest personal growth scores were often those who rated themselves less engaged. Mm-hmm. I never thought about that. Yeah, I never did either. Right? So if you like new things, especially new tech, the Mini Cooper, the Tesla, yep. the iPhone, whatever yep. it is, right? The, the Apple Watch. Yep. That you're interested in learning more. And if you get the cash to do it, yep. you're, you're going to find out. That's me, man. That's super cool. That's me. Except that it's not me. Because well, I the cash is I always you know, the thing, right? The cash always gets in the way. What you, what's your feelings about it, the, the Tesla? Not the guy. Uh, not Elon Nikolai? Musk. Or Nikolai. Mm-hmm. You see the Tesla on the road and you go. I think it's a gorgeous car. And if there was no financial impediment, I'd buy one tomorrow. Huh. Okay. That's how much I like it. Have you driven? In Never. The, the, I just like the outside. What freaks me out about it is they're super quiet. They're, they're, they're like too silent. quiet. Yeah. There's something kind of weird about driving in one. You're going to sure. go, I miss the growl of the engine, right? Of course you'd miss the mm. growl of the engine. I would, I mean, Here's the thing. You can replicate I, that. I mean, right. it, the cool thing is, you know, you can put a soundtrack to your car. I have a four-cylinder car that doesn't growl. I mean, I used to have a, v, a V8 yeah. in my last car, which was... Crushed it. it was, what I have now is pitiful. It burns oil, too. So it, and it burns oil. Yeah. And so it doesn't make any good sounds. Any sound it makes is usually a bad one. <laughs> Suspect. Exactly. And maybe, <laughs> right. maybe it's going to be a $500 mm-hmm. bill. But, yeah, I would definitely miss that sound in general but and here's the thing if we all had electric cars like this whole thing no, that's no, pushed no, that's not gonna be right good. now that every you know the whole new no. the whole new gm fleet the whole new toyota fleet and whatever right, right. is going to be electric Electrify. in the next 10 years that's so ridiculous how could we possibly power that and what would the the grid if you're concerned about climate change what would the impact of all of that electricity yeah, yeah. be? Coal. What are we burning to get all that? Yeah. Can I interject? I oh, would please, love sir. to yeah. hear what you have to say. Now, I haven't backed it up by doing the research, but I watched a video the other night with the guy that appeared to be a real expert saying that it, if we went to all electric on our cars, mm-hmm. it would maybe save maybe 10% of the fuel that we use. If all society went electric. Yeah. Um, which is not nothing, no, but, and that you have to drive because electric cars create more or they, it takes more carbon emissions to build them than Mm. a regular car, Mm. that you have to drive it about 60,000 miles before it starts being cleaner than a gas powered car would have been. So not much of a trade-off. I mean, 10% is correct. Yeah. You know. Right. Okay, but the weird thing is, we're all sort of, you know, being told this is the way to go, and governments and well, corporations are rushing headlong into it. We're not going to be able to find a car to buy in 20 years, basically, not that's sure not electric. That. If I mean, if they've already committed to their fleets looking as they're 
major car manufacturers have already committed to that. I think that's a. I just think that's really short-sighted. Wait till you have a ice car, um, which is an internal combustion engine car right. that right. you want to trade in, and no one wants it. Right. What's that going to be worth? Okay, that's not so true. when. My husband and I first got married. We lived in the north side mm-hmm. in a duplex in Observatory Hill. And uh, it was like a lot of duplexes that are in the north side, which is that it kind of sits up like high. The, it sits up high and it's in the middle of a hill. So if you can picture this, <laughs> the, the main street we lived on, you walk up 30 steps to the front door of yeah, the house. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so our house sat up there. And then if you went out the back door of the house, you had to walk up 28 steps to get to where we parked our car, where the alley was. So it's kind of on a cliff. A hill on top of a hill. A hill on top of a hill. So you're you're going up and down hills, you know, like it's your whole job. Where would someone plug an electric car Mm -hmm. there? Right. What I... You don't have a garage no, at your house. Where are you going to plug in an electric yeah, car? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't have. We have a one-car garage at my house, so my husband would be able to plug in a car. I couldn't. Yeah. I have to park outside. It just doesn't. I don't see the infrastructure will have to adapt. Right. This right. is going to be kind of like when we decided that fluorescent lights were bad and fluorescent lights were illegal, but we still don't know how we're going to dispose of all these LEDs we have. Right. Yeah. And you know, I'm not sold on these LEDs. Are you? I hate the way they look. Yeah, or just the way the, even the, plus, oh, it's going to be a cost savings. I don't think it's a cost no, savings. Right. You're spending far more on one light bulb than you had, you know, your six pack of bulbs. Um, you know. And I get it home and plug it in and don't like how it looks. Yeah. So now I've wasted $7. Oh, you gave me those bulbs. <laughs> oh, yeah, I gave you Which a Which I have bunch. yet to use, yeah. Right. Well, you're right. never going to we'll use them, so you're, you're going to have them for 30 years. Your entire you. show is lit with LEDs. Exactly. Thank you. I know. Very I know good. LEDs are way more energy efficient, and they're much Cooler. better. Cooler, they're, yeah. They're much better now. Safer. You feel better yeah. about them. And they're much better now as far as color. But you have to still have to be really careful because if you if you don't, your room looks like an operating room. Right. Okay, so maybe our grandchildren and or our great-great-grandchildren will be living in a world with electric vehicles and they'll have things figured out by then. Let me give you the opposite extreme. Okay. I saw this article in uh, – uh, I want to give you the right website except okay. that I can't find it right now. Okay, the right website is Open Culture. Okay. And it was um, the antidote – all this tech stuff that we're talking about Hmm. okay it says that there's something healing for humans about the sounds of a forest oh so there's something healing about being in a forest obviously but say you live in new york city and it would take you a long time to get to a forest or say that you are disabled and if you can imagine being in a wheelchair being in a forest is an impossibility. It's just not going to work for you. Whatever it is that's keeping you from a forest, you're not able to access that. So there's something that they have started called, and by they, I really, to be honest with you, don't know this organization, but it is Tree FM. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can go, it's tree.fm. So you can open it right now, um, or maybe perhaps wait until we're done with the segment on your phone or on your computer. And if you click on it, you can uh, hit the button that says, listen to a random forest, okay? And I just hit that right now. And I am listening right now to New Zealand Tasman National, or Nelson Lakes National Park. And it's recorded by Kevin. Hey, Kev. Okay, so I can listen to what the forest sounds like. Mm-hmm. And of course, this forest is going to sound different than the next one. I'm going to hit the button that says, next forest, please. 
And now I'm listening to a forest in the UK, Pilgrove Wood, Ashton Court Estate, recorded by Rachel Tomlinson. Mm-hmm. And so you can sit there and listen to different forests around Fabulous. the world. I'm telling you, it's fascinating. It is. But you have to be, first of all, I had to be by myself alone in a room with either this hooked up to, I have like a JBL. Mini speaker. Yeah, mini yeah. speaker. You have to have some sort of good fidelity. Listening to it out of your iPhone is Not crappy. Good. No, no. But if Bare you have headphones. Some, right. But if you, if you have something that's good fidelity, it is fabulous. Tree.fm. Tree.fm. Mm-hmm. And so if you're over-teched and you feel like I... Oh, Very nice. is that from Tree FM, Gary? Uh, yes, it is. That's the Black Forest in Germany. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, could you please hit next forest? Oh, I thought I hit next. Mm-hmm. I'm still next enjoying forest. the Black Forest in Germany. Oh, come on, those birds, can you believe that? Hello there. Okay, here comes another one. Poland. Um, Some forest in Poland. More birds. But they're different at a different, like, frequency. Next forest. One more, maybe. Okay. New Zealand. Tasman. That's a bird I've never heard. That's a much quieter forest. Mm-hmm. The Black Forest was very loud. Very. Have you been to the Allegheny National Forest? I think so. Where is that? Mm. And it's horrible. And I'm it's directly that north of us. Is it by? It's like, about three hours away. Oh, three hours away. It's lovely. I don't think I have. Oh, it's, a re- it's a great trip. I mean, it's it's a full day trip, but it's like this. When you're quickly surrounded by silence and verdant verdant green. And this is better than white noise. I mean, believe me, I'm a white noise lover because I sleep with it every night. I have a white noise machine mm-hmm. that I deeply love. But this is so cool because it's natural. It's My white noise machine is manufactured, manufactured noise. All right, that's good. So what does that say? I mean, so whether it's the forest or the beach... The natural world as a panacea to our stress. So they say that that is the most soothing thing. The forest. Yes. Other than the... Just natural sounds are more soothing Mm -hmm. than what I do each night, which is white noise. Mm -hmm. Which, as I said, I still deeply love. Um, But that there's something that soothes the nervous system. Ancient. And kind of delight the ears. Mm -hmm. Especially of forests, but of any natural sound. I like it. Oh, see, isn't this nice? Yeah. And you can imagine doing your, you know, your devotions like this. and Or even if you were doing your to-do list, maybe you wouldn't be as frantic if you listened to the forest while you did it. All right, we're going to step away. I feel like Robin Hood. <laughs> be right back. 
If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65 Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-S-H-A-R-E-55. 833-SHARE-55. You've all helped build MyPillow and the incredible company it is today. And now Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. It's John Hall. Right now, MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bedsheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will now have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The Giza bedsheets are marked down as low as $29.99. And believe me when I say you'll get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set is made with USA cotton, comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Typically retails at $89.98, now just $39.98 with promo code WORD. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954, use the promo code WORD, or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. Whose rulebook do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Celebrate comeback season with Mucinex Fast Max Cold and Flu All-in-One. Its maximum strength formula tackles up to nine cold and flu symptoms. Try Mucinex All-in-One and get $5 cash back to celebrate your comeback. Visit FastMaxCashBack.com to learn more. Use as directed. Listen on your smart speaker at WordFM.com, the WordFM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Do you enjoy yourself again with Monopoly? No one else in my family does. Oh. So, be, so I've had two decades of nobody really? wanting to play. See, Monopoly's good for our yeah, family because right. we'll put on music. Some snacks mm-hmm. and play Monopoly. And it's great. And I more love often than not, it's not necessarily about the game. It's more about just kind of like hanging out together. Mm-hmm. So uh, I love it. I, it. My kids are pretty competitive about it. So whatever. But there's now a Pittsburgh version of Monopoly. It was unveiled yesterday by the uh, Hasbro people and um, unveiled yesterday at the Aviary. Uh, the board includes the Three Sisters Bridges, Carnegie Science Center, Frick Park. 
Millie's Ice Cream, the National Aviary. Um, they they say that um, it, it shows the best of Pittsburgh, and um, I'd like to get myself a, a board. Uh, boy, uh, some, they have collector's editions that are 200 bucks. Whoa. Uh, the boards are available, of course, through online retailers and local uh, uh, Pittsburgh um, vendors as well. I bet you could buy it in the... Uh... The Aviary gift shop. Yep. Mm-hmm. I bet you could buy it in the Heinz History Center gift shop, oh, too. Oh, yeah, I bet That's so. That's one yeah. of my favorite gift shops. Mm-hmm. For Pittsburgh stuff, if you're... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or if you want to go to the forest. Yeah, that's yeah. the aviary. Forget, oh, the, oh, that's the, the aviary. aviary. That's good, Gary. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, do you guys play board games at all? Never. Never? Because my family doesn't like board games, but I do. How about cards? Are you card players? No. See, now. <sighs> Listen, I don't play cards with your wife. My because wife. Your she wife likes to play. Because your wife wins every card. Seriously, every card game I've ever played with your wife, she's won. She, she's that good. Dutch Blitz. She is so good at well, that game. That's sick. No, no, and then she, within her circle, there's a friend of ours, Jeannie Griffith, who is like the monster of Dutch well, Blitz. Well, if I can't handle your wife in that oh game, Jeannie's out of the question. But so my family, like my grandmother and my mother, and then my sisters, for some reason, in the boys, we weren't engaged in the card games. And now as an adult, I I feel like I've, I'm lesser because of that. They're always playing card games whenever the family gets together. Really? Still? Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I love that. Yeah. My, I remember when it was card club night. Oh. When I was very little. Little uh, so Multiple we, card tables. Yeah, yes. And there were uh, uh, there was a group of people in the neighborhood, women who played 500. See? That's and old school, my isn't it? mom would always buy special snacks that I was not allowed access to. Don't you touch those snacks. And you know, one of them, butter mints. Oh. Do you remember I butter mints? I certainly do. Yeah, and they live up to their name, don't they? Listen, mm-hmm. and they I remember the sound they made in the box, mm-hmm. and they became they became very important to me because mm-hmm. I could not have them. Yeah. Okay, I'm coming to your house on Saturday. Maybe I'll bring some buttermints. Oh, yeah. I do like okay. a buttermint. I haven't had a butter. Do they still make that? They have, I, to, they have to. Right? That's... You could bring... I have cards, but nobody ever plays them. No. We're just going to sit around and talk and laugh. Exactly. We're not playing cards. Right. I mean, there was something... This is kind of like... Pre, I, I mean, it's not that old, but it is pre-television, where people sat together yeah, right. and played cards, yep, and talked and sure, were competitive with each other. Yeah, the neighbors or that was a friends. lot safer than being competitive on social media. I'll tell yeah. you that. Okay, let me um, recommend something. This is Tree FM. This first of all, Tree FM is great, but if you, Thank you. If you want to get out of the house, if you still love the fact that it's 70 degrees mm. and fall is not over and there's some beautiful panoramas still to see around the Pittsburgh area, go over to the Frick and hang out there. You can take a beautiful walk in Frick Park. You can go to the Frick and walk around. But the exhibit at the Frick Museum right now at Clayton. is out. Not at Clayton. Oh, at the Frick Museum, the, yeah. You, it's a little known so museum. Good. What is Listen, it? It's uh an exhibit of American folk art. Oh. So it is everything from quilts to ceramics to homemade stuff. There is, a, a, look, I, I have been to a lot of exhibits at the Frick. They're okay. This one is great. Really? American it's folk It's the best art. exhibit I've ever seen Interesting. there. Interesting. Okay, it's great. It's really worth your time. And there's a whole section in the middle on faith. What? I couldn't believe it. On religious expression. Of art. Of art. In oh, that's well worth it. The Frick Museum in Point Breeze. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.